Esther chapter number 8, you, we have read 1 through um, uh, 5 through 9 uh, this morning. I want to I go back to verse number 8, and I want to start there and uh, read some more this morning. It says, Write ye also for the Jews, as it liketh you, the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. A cultural thing. Something that was in the law of the Medes and the Persians. Whatever is written by the king and sealed with his ring, you, you, we just can't overlook it. We just can't sweep it under the rug. It says, can no man reverse? He says, then write ye in the king, uh, and then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month, that is the month Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews, and the lieutenants, and to the deputies, and the rulers, princes, which are from India, unto Ethiopia, 127 provinces, and every province according to the writing thereof, and unto every people after their language, and to the Jews according to their writing and according to their language. Verse 10, And he wrote in the king Ahasuerus' name and sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters by post on horseback, riders on mules, camels, and young dormitories. And Let's skip down to verse 13. And a copy of the writing for the commandment to be given in every province was published to all people that the Jews should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So the post that rode a mules, camels, went out being hastened, pressed on by the king's commandment. And the decree was given at Shushan the palace. Mordecai went out in the presence of the king in royal apparel, blue and white, with a great crown of gold, garment of fine linen, purple. See, Shushan rejoiced and was glad. In verse number 16, and the Jews had light, and gladness, and joy, and honor, and in every province, and in every city, whithersoever this king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy, and gladness, a feast, <laughs> and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. I'd like to challenge you this morning and preach a simple message I've entitled, The King's Decree, or How to Have a Good Day. How to Have a Good Day. Let's pray. Father, we bow in your presence today. And we come to worship our God, the God of heaven, the creator of everything. Lord, we magnify your name here today. Lord, you're the reason why we're here. And we want to hear from you today. We, we want fresh bread from the ovens of heaven today. Lord, we're hungry. And God, we magnify your name. You're so good, so kind. And Lord, I pray this morning, use your humble servant in whatever way you want as long as it brings you glory and honor. And Lord, help us to have ears to hear and action 
would um, justify um, who you are today. Lord, I love you. We give you glory. Thank you for the good singing and this good church and for what they've done, the missionaries they send, the folks that's been reached all over the world, including this area, because you're good and there's none like you. We praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Esther chapter 8. Boy, this book, book of Esther is a wonderful book. Um, that we did not get to read. In this book, it's kind of like the book of twos. You've got two queens. <laughs> you've got a queen that um, uh, was now vanished, and you've got Esther the queen. Um, you've got two main guys in this book. You've got Haman on one side. You've got Mordecai on the other. But you also have two decrees. There were two decrees, and the first decree, if you would go back, we won't take the time to do that, I think it's in chapter 6, a decree that talks about um, uh, the, the death of the Jews. Haman hated the Jews. He hated Mordecai, and if you read the story and those that know more about Esther, you would understand. Haman hated um, Mordecai, and he hated the people of Mordecai. Now, he did not know that Esther was a Jew, did not understand that the queen was a, was a Jew. And so he hated them and built a gallows to hang Mordecai on. And he had a big plan and he had the king. He brought a decree to the king. It was a decree of death. That decree would one day uh, uh, eradicate the Jewish people. That decree would one day uh, 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 lead them off into their destruction. It was about a nine-month period of time from when the decree went out to the decree was, was taken in action. And that first decree was a decree of death. It was a decree of destruction. It was a decree of despair. It was a decree that was signed and sealed by the king. And it was mentioned here in our reading that that writing could not be overturned. That first decree could not be uh, 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 overturned or swept under the rug. It, it was in play and it had to take action. And so the first part of the book talks about that decree. And Esther is here before the, the king. And Mordecai has been encouraging her, you need to do something, you need to do something. Esther, you are in the position, you are in the place, you have, you are in the, you have the opportunity to do something about this, and you can help your people. And so Esther comes, and in verse number 5, if it please the king, and if I found favor in his sight, and if it seemed right before the, the king, and I, have, uh, and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letter devised by Haman, uh, the son of Hamadathe, uh, the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which are in all the king's provinces, for how can I endure to see the evil that shall come upon my people? And how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? And so she's pleading for her life. She's in a position to do something about it. We see an old decree. We also see a, a new decree in the story. He said, I can't eradicate the old decree, but I tell you what, we can write a new decree. And this new decree is a decree of life. This new decree is a, a decree of health. And so we're going to talk about that decree. 
That decree, number one, if we looked at that decree this morning, it would be a decree of authority. It's a decree of authority. It was signed with the king's signature. No higher signature in all of the land uh, could be given uh, higher than that king. 127 provinces looked at him and, 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 and put their attention on him. And when he put something out, People listen. When he signed something, it went into action. People started moving. He was the king. And it was this decree was signed. This was a decree of authority. It had his signature. You know, there's a lot of things that come in my mail that do not mean a whole lot to me. <laughs> there are things that come through my mail that has people's signature on it that I really don't care. I call that junk mail. But there are some things that come into my mailbox that I pay much attention to. Uh, if my family writes a letter, boy, I pay attention to that. If, if, if a pastor writes or my pastor writes something and has his signature on it, I know I need to pay attention. And so this was something that people paid attention. It was a decree of authority. Number two, it was a decree of authenticity. It was sealed with the king's ring. It was authentic. It was the real thing. It, was, it, just, it wasn't a forgery. Uh, this seal would only be sent from Shushan the palace. It may have come across many, many provinces, but it, when it had that seal on it, it was a decree of authority. And so this was a decree of authority. It was a decree of authenticity. Number two, as I read in this passage, it was a decree of diversity. Um, it went to many people. Out of the 127 provinces, it was to be written in every language. None of the languages were to be left out. None of the people were to be left out. It, it, was, not, it was just not to the rich. It was just not to, to those that were in favor. It was not just to those that were close to the kingdom. It wasn't just to the people that were convenient to write to or convenient to translate the languages. It was, a, it was a decree of diversity. It went to all people within the rule of the king and his kingdom. So it was a decree of authority. It was a decree of authenticity. It was a decree of diversity. And what I learned out in this passage, it was a decree of urgency. This decree needed to go out in nine months. From, from when it was written and sealed to when it was going to be enforced. It was about nine months. And the, and the Bible says here this second decree was a decree of urgency. Uh, in verse number 12, um, or in verse number, uh, uh, whatever verse it was, they were hastened by the, and verse 14, and so the posts that rode upon the rulers of the mules and camels went out being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment. The king made a commandment and he said, I want you to get this message out. It needs to get to these people. It's a decree of diversity. It goes to everybody, but I want you to hurry. We don't have much time. We, we've got to get the message out. We do not have time to lay around. We do not have time to be slack. We do not have time for all these things. It was hastened by the king. It was pressed on by the king. It was a letter or it's a decree of urgency. So here we have an earthly king with an earthly decree. Two decrees, a decree of death and a decree of life. You know what that reminds me of? 
Reminds me of the Word of God. Reminds me of the two degree decrees that are out on the world today. You know there's a decree of death. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. That's the old decree. The old decree, um, wherefore by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. It's a decree of death. It's a decree that, that there's judgment coming. Man has sinned for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's a decree of death. And so today, our enemy is trying to blind the eyes of those that have never heard. We all, for all have sinned. We're all under the old decree. But thank God we got a new decree. <laughs> thank God we got something that's a decree of life and a decree of, of happiness and a decree of joy and a decree of righteousness and a decree of freedom delivered by Jesus Christ himself on the cross of Calvary. And he rose again the third day from the dead. And, and, and if we accept this new decree, if we accept it in our life, for the wages of sin is death, the old decree, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, the new decree and that new decree is a decree of authority that comes from the God of heaven no greater name than his no other name but his everyone will one day bow before the name of Jesus Christ every knee will bow and every head will bow and we will all uh, uh, claim him as Jesus Christ the Lord it is it, there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved this is a decree, this new decree that we have, the Word of God. That thing that you hold in your hand gives life and peace and hope and help. And it's a decree of authority. <laughs> it's been signed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But it's a decree of authenticity. <laughs> I have in my hand the Word of God been sealed by the Spirit of God this morning, given by the Spirit in the, in the glove of humanity as it was penned down, and I have it today, and it's a decree of authority. When I stand before the throne of heaven one day, and I bow my knee, and the accuser comes out, and he says, that's a wicked man. He's right. When he says, that guy has sinned, he's right. When he says, that man deserves hell, he's right. But I have an advocate. His name is Jesus. <laughs> and he'll say, you know what? I paid for him. I bought him. It's a decree of authenticity. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in his hand and his hand is in the Father's hand and I can't be plucked out. It's... This is a message of authenticity. It's also a message of diversity. The Word of God goes to everyone, every people, every people group, not just 127 provinces, the whole world. For God so loved the world. It goes to everybody. It doesn't matter how poor you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are or, or if you're middle class. It doesn't mean if you're tall or short. It doesn't mean if whatever you are, whatever color, whatever creed you are. It's for everybody. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned. 
doesn't matter how righteous you think you are. It's for everybody. It's a decree of diversity. Can I say this morning, this message we hold in our hand? It's a decree of urgency. Folks, we don't have much time. Now, I can tell you this. I don't know when Christ is coming back. I feel like it's soon. <laughs> but let me tell you this. If it's another 10,000 years, it's urgent because I don't have time. I don't have much time. I don't know how much time I have. And so I need to get it out. And I'm hastened on by the king. Go ye therefore in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Get the message out. Get it out to everyone. We're talking about the Pashtun people today. The people group in the world. They're in Afghanistan and mainly in Afghanistan and in Pakistan. Those two countries in that border area where the majority of these people are. It's, it's urgent to them. They deserve the message. They deserve the Word of God. They deserve to know. They, they at least need to have the letter in their hand. Whether you receive it or not, whether you claim it or not, whether you uh, take its promises or not, you need to have it. And so this earthly king sent out this message. He says, you don't have to pay attention to it if you don't want to, but you need to make sure you have it. And he knew that, that it needed to be in writing. It could be spoken. These posts would have, could have went out and said, Hear ye, hear ye, all ye people of the land. And the message could have taken my voice. But when it's in writing, someone can take that. Someone that may be off in a distant land or maybe on vacation or maybe over here that didn't get to hear it by the sound of their voice could go back and they could read it, they could study it, they could understand it, and they need the, 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 the decree in the writing. And so he said, I want you to put it in writing. And not only do I want you to put it in the writing, but the writing to every person every people group of my kingdom. And so I believe this morning, yeah, I have it in my language. Praise God. But I need to be concerned about other people. The Pashtun people are one of them. The Pashto language is a language that needs a good copy of the Word of God. It needs, and it's urgent. We need to get on it. You know, well, wouldn't it be an amazing thing if God would call a Bible translator out of your church? Maybe to go to the Pashtun people. It would be a wonderful thing. We need to be praying in that direction. It's urgent. So we see this decree. It was a decree of authority and authenticity and diversity and urgency. But I second of all want to look at not only the king's decree, but the responsibility of the people. Here we have the king giving the message and, and, Haim, and uh, Mordecai writing it down. But in verse number um, 9 it says, Then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month, that is the month Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof, it was written according to all that Mordecai had commanded the Jews and the lieutenants and the deputies and rulers provinces that are from India unto Ethiopia, 127 provinces, unto every province according to the writing thereof, and unto every people after their language, and to the Jews according to their writing, 
and according to their language. You see, there were translators that were called, people who knew other languages. And this earthly king said, it's important to put it, not just, don't just give it in the language of the king. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't just give it in my language. You know, the king could have said, just give it in the language of the Medes and Persians and let them learn Mede and Persian. But this king had a little wisdom. He knew that that wasn't the way. And he said, I want you to put it in their heart language so that nothing is missed, nothing is confused, and that they know exactly what I want them to say. This, this area, India unto Ethiopia. You know, if you have India over here and Ethiopia here, um, again, we're focusing a little bit today on this people group, the Pashtun people. They're about right here. <laughs> they were actually within the 127 provinces of King Ahasuerus, that land in which those people come from and those people that live today. They're in that region. And so it makes this story a little more special to me this morning. It kind of helps me understand that there's an area of the world of great need. Uh, typically, we call that the... 1040 window that's in very great need. We talked about that this morning. But in focusing on these people, they're within these 127 provinces that went from India unto Ethiopia. And the message needed to get out. So they needed people with skills. They needed people with ability. You know what? Not everybody that was involved probably was written in here. There are probably more than translators. There are probably people that hewed down the trees and made the paper and, and, and did all these other things. But they called those that would translate. Not only did they call those that could translate, but they, they called the post. Those that on riders and mules and young dormitories. And they went out and they were hastened by the king. And they posted the letter and they went out and they delivered it in all these provinces, in all these languages. And they were hastened by the king. You see, there's a responsibility of the people of the kingdom. Get involved. And the message and the decree of the king. Amen? What could God do with you? What could God do with this church? To focus on an area or to, to step out in another area of faith and to do more. Who knows what the Lord may have. I don't know what's going to happen out of all this today and, and, and what will happen in the days to come uh, in your involvement. But I'm telling you what, there's a lot of need. There's a lot of areas that could be filled. There's a lot of things that people can do. You know who funded all of this? It was the kingdom that funded it all. Somebody had to pay for the translators and somebody had to pay for the, for the posts and somebody had to own the horses and young dormitories and the camels. It was all funded through the kingdom. If we're going to get the message out, it's going to cost us. We're going to get the message to the people, there's going to be a price that's going to have to be paid. I say this this morning, if an earthly message was that important, how important is a heavenly message. How important is the word of God? How important is the decree? You say, well, I've got the decree. Well, praise the Lord. You have a responsibility to get it out. You know what I like to see not only 
So I like to see the king's decree and the people's responsibility. I like to see end results. <laughs> and you know what? In my ministry, the results don't come quickly. Um, when you start working on a Bible translation or working in that area, it takes years and years and years, and you don't get to see fast results. But I like to see results. Now, recently, I was in a country, and uh, we provided a Bible to them. We worked with another group and printed a Bible and provided to them a people group that's never had the Bible in their language. And we were able to go there and hand it to them for the first time and see the excitement and see them open up the Word of God in their language. They were having to go into other languages and borrow that and read the Word of God. But now they have it in their tongue, in, in what they can read, and it speaks to them. And what a glorious thing to see that happen. And so we have the end results. Bible says in verse 15, He says, and Mordecai went out in the presence of the king in royal apparel in blue and white, crown of gold, the garment, fine linen, purple, the city of Shushan, rejoiced and was glad. There's a verse, I think it's in chapter 6, when the first decree went out, it says the city of Shushan was perplexed. And now the city of Shushan was rejoicing. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. Now here is the key. Here's the key to the whole story. Verse number 17. And in every province and in every city, here we go, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, it all hinged on if it got there. It all hinged on if the message came. It all hinged on if it was in their language and they received it. If it did, this is what happened. The Jews had joy, gladness, a feast, <laughs> and a good day. Remember the day that you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? <laughs> well, that was a good day. <laughs> 710 Ruby Street, Jackson, South Carolina, at age 23, after being in church all my life, running from God. I got on my knees. <laughs> said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And can I tell you, that was a good day. <laughs> it's a good day when people get the message. It's a good day when they hear the gospel. And the Jews had joy gladness and a feast but it all hinged on whether or not they got the message and it seemed like the message went out to every province I wrote this down in my Bible it says the decree was only as good as the language it was written in you see, the decree didn't do it any, anybody any good if they couldn't read it. And so this morning, there's a group of people, about 50 million people called the Pashtun people, scattered all over the world, most in Afghanistan, Pakistan. You know, I learned this week, I'm just doing some more study, there's a half a million of them right here in the U.S., a half a million Pashtun. 
most of them are in areas like New York or Los Angeles, parts of California. Um, Oregon, I think, is one of them. Some in Georgia. And they're right here. They need the Word of God, and the message needs to get out. Folks, it's got to get in their language. Yeah, there's some that can read mine, or maybe they can read another language that has the Word of God. But if the wisdom of an earthly king says, get it in all the languages, I would think the wisdom of a heavenly king <laughs> would say, get it in all the languages. I was in Africa several years ago. And uh, while I was in Africa, we were in prisons and we were passing out John and Romans. You folks know a little bit about that, don't you? Some of you work in seed line. You put together John and Romans. I was handing out some of those John and Romans in Africa. We're preaching in prisons. Matter of fact, I'm next in a, in a couple weeks. I'll be back there in that area. As I was going through, and we were handing out scriptures, and there were people that spoke Swahili, and we were able to give some in Swahili, and some that spoke English, some that spoke Arabic, and we were able to give out. Arabic scriptures as well. I came back to the hotel and my son was with me. He was about 16 years old. And uh, he was wore out. And I said, just go back to the room. And he was going back and decompressing. <laughs> and I was sitting out um, in the lobby of this hotel and I was reading my Bible. And right where I was sitting, the, the restaurant kind of overspilled out. And um, a friend came down, so I took my Bible and I closed it and I just set it right there. And we were talking and there was a young Kenyan waiter that was crossing our path. And we weren't paying much attention, but I noticed him crossing. There was somebody sitting over here getting served and these people left and we were still talking. And that young Kenyan waiter, that young Kenyan man stopped and he looked at me and he said, Sir, is that a Bible? I, I, I paused for a second for Craig because I was a little taken back. I didn't, really didn't know what to say. <laughs> but I said, um, yes, sir, uh, that is a Bible. And you know what he said to me? This is exactly verbatim what he said. He said, sir, I want to be saved right now. You know, I didn't plant the seed. Somebody else did. Somebody else told him. Somebody else came by. Maybe a missionary. Maybe a Christian worker, but he didn't get the full picture. And so I was there. I had a Bible. What a difference <laughs> that makes. The decree of the Holy God. So I took about 20 minutes. I went through the scripture to make sure he understood. And that young Kenyan man got on his knees in front of God and everybody and said something similar to what I said when I got saved. Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And that day, that young Kenyan man accepted Christ as a savior. And you know what he recognized? The decree. Can I say this this morning? There's a people group that needs our help. 
the Pashtun people. There's many that need our help. As we focus on them today, they need prayer. Are we going to pray for them? We have needs. We don't have needs like that. Or they need the word of God. So people need the gospel. Sir, is that a Bible? I wonder if today you need to be saved. I wonder if there's somebody here today that says, Brother Money, I, I don't know for sure. And you'd come to an altar. Maybe there's somebody here today that you've been saved and you know, something that was said today has resonated in your heart. Maybe you just want to come and say, God, thank you for the word of God in my language. Maybe today you'd like to say, God, um, my eyes are starting to be open a little more in the needs of people all over the world. Maybe today you'd say your first prayer to the Pashtun people.